All right, we're back here with another episode of the Go Big, or well, I forgot the name of my own podcast, the Go Red or Go Home podcast with me, Brady. We're back here talking about some more basketball on June 11th at 3 o'clock. I got nothing else to do, and I haven't made an episode in like two years, so I felt kind of bad, and I needed to make another episode, and I needed to talk about the finals, and there's a few other things that are going on. Uh, like uh, Rudy Gobert rumors, because this is a Bulls-based podcast if you haven't been here long enough and couldn't figure that out. Uh, there are some new coach hirings and firings and all that I want to talk about a little bit. And then we've got a Bleacher Report article that we're going to talk about uh, near the end of the podcast. So this is going to be a packed episode. Let's go ahead and get get into it. All right, we're going to go ahead and start talking about the, the finals matchup, Warriors-Celtics. Last night was Game 4. Warriors took that 107-97. series is tied at 2-2. Uh, I was hoping, even though I hate the Warriors, I was hoping they'd win last night because I want it to go to seven games because who doesn't like a Game 7 of the NBA Finals, you know? So I, I'm i going to tell you how many games I've watched because I've had to get up early a lot recently, and, um, and so that means I'm going to bed pretty early. So I haven't been able to watch all the games. So I think I watched all of Game 1. I think I missed all Game 2. I caught the fourth quarter of Game 3, and then I watched all Game 4 uh, last night that the Warriors ended up winning. So... My perspective may not be as uh, legit as some other people's who have watched every single second of the series so far, but uh, I'm going to do my best to try to give you my perspective on what I think uh, has transpired throughout the series so far. So I want to look at the box score from last night a little bit. Um, start off with the Warriors here. we got Andrew Wiggins, 17 points, 16 rebounds in 43 minutes. That's a really solid performance out of him. He's been playing really well from what I've heard and saw so far in this series. Overall in the playoffs... Now, he's not all-star starter type of player any by any means, but, you know, 17 points, 16 rebounds in 43 minutes. That's that's a solid performance out of him. Obviously, we got to talk about Steph Curry. I don't want to talk about Steph Curry, but he had an amazing performance last night. 43 points, 10 rebounds, 4 assists in 41 minutes. Scored more points than he did or than he played minutes, which is pretty crazy. Uh I don't have the exact statistics pulled up, but I remember him uh, hearing that he hit uh, 7 of 14 from 3, so that's pretty crazy, just on a finals game, legendary performance. Okay, now that I gave him his credit, we're going to ignore him for the rest of the episode now. Uh, Clay Thompson, 18 points, uh, 41 minutes. Now, he has not been playing well this series that well, or that much. Um, I missed, what did I say, I, missed, I caught the fourth quarter of game 3 which I think that was the blowout that ended up being a blowout, so I'm not sure if he played well in that game or not. But, yeah, overall he hasn't been playing that well. But, you know, he'll get back. He's he's just a, he's an all-star. He'll, he'll find his groove, whether it's at the end, by the end of these playoffs or next year. Because, so, you know, he going through all those injuries the last couple of years, that's really tough. So, um, Kevon Looney, 6 points, 11 rebounds. In 28 minutes he's doing his job pretty well, getting boards. That's really what he's out there to do be a rim protector because they're a small team and Boston's big, long, and lanky. Um, so good job there by Looney. Uh, Poole had 14, pretty much uh, doing what a guy off the bench should be doing. A scorer like him in 21 minutes, he had 14 points. I'm surprised he didn't play a little bit more uh, throughout the game because it was a closer game. But, you know, 14 points in 21 minutes, that's a solid performance there by Poole. Just didn't get as many minutes as I thought he'd get, especially with how well he'd been playing this playoff. Uh, Gary Payton's back, of course, if you didn't already know. For the last couple of games, he's been back. Uh, he had five points in ten minutes. Uh, he didn't play a whole lot, but from what I remember uh, from last night, he was playing, playing pretty solid defense, so good job there from Gary Payton second. 
hopping over here to the Celtics. Jason Tatum, 23 points, 11 rebounds, 6 assists in 43 minutes. <sighs> I don't really know what to think about Jason Tatum. I mean, 23 points, it's not bad, but in a, in a game like this, when you had a chance to go up 3-1, I feel like he should be going off for like 40 or something like that. I actually want to try to check and see uh, what his field goal percentage was from last night. I'm going to look it up here quick. Ah, uh, you know what, this is going to take too long, I'm not doing this. Anyways, I know it wasn't good because I looked at the box score earlier. Uh, I forget what it was, but it, was, it wasn't it was very good. So I'd expect a bigger performance out of him next game after a little bit of a disappointing one this game. Um, let's see. Robert Williams did his thing, 7 points, uh, 12 rebounds, 4 assists, and I think he had like 4 blocks or something like that. It's not here on the mini box score thing I have here. But, yeah, he was really making his presence known in the paint uh, on the defensive end. So good job for him. He, I know he's been hobbled because of that meniscus surgery he had before the playoffs. So good job to him with sticking it out. Uh, we got Jalen Brown here with 21 points, 6 rebounds, 2 assists, and 40 minutes. Again, I saw his uh, box or his uh, like more advanced box score stats, per, uh, field goal percentage this morning, and it was like not very good, just like Tatum. He had 21, which isn't terrible out of a guy like him, but you'd expect at least 25, especially if Tatum's not really playing all that well with 23 points, not good uh, shooting percentage. You'd expect Brown to kind of elevate his play a little bit more, but, you know, just not a great game from either of those guys. Um, Marcus Smart, 18 points, four rebounds, five assists. I don't have steals or anything like that here, but I'm sure he had a few steals. He had played 40 minutes. Um, 18 points. When you got Marcus Smart score, uh, scoring over 15 points, that's a good sign, uh, even though they lost. Uh, Derek White, 16 points, who's been amazing for them in this playoff run, especially uh, since the Milwaukee series. Uh, he's just been stepping up, knocking down threes, and playing really good, solid uh, defense on the ball and off the ball. Now look at that. Grant Williams fell out of the rotation. I'm about, uh, about time because I'm tired of watching him jack up threes. Ever since that game seven where he hit like 27 threes, he thinks he's Steph Curry, and so he's just jacking up all these shots. There was just one play last night, uh, I forget who, but someone drove to the basket and Williams was in the corner. Someone kicked it to Williams um, and threw up a contested three when Jalen Brown, uh, one more, was wide open on the wing, and I was like getting ready to throw the remote at the TV because Grant Williams thinks he's Reggie Miller, so just wanted to get that out of the way. Just wanted to pounce on Grant Williams there a little bit. Uh, go to the stats here. <sighs> 15 of 38 uh, Boston shot from three, 39%. That's actually pretty good, 15 threes. Same thing here with uh, Golden State, 15 threes out of 43 attempts, 34%. That's solid from both those teams. Uh, free throws went pretty well for both teams, I'd say. Um, trying to see who won the rebound battle here. Warriors won the, re the rebound battle. That's actually kind of crazy. Um yeah, so that's pretty much what we got updated for the uh, finals series. Uh, I still have Boston winning this in seven. I just think they're they're too talented of a team. Even though they don't have as much experience as Golden State, I think they had a tougher path, and they're more ready uh, for this finals. Uh, they, they went against uh, Brooklyn. They obviously swept Brooklyn, Kevin Durant, Kyrie. They go to play Milwaukee. They beat Giannis, even though they didn't have Milton. And then they go uh, beat Miami in seven when Jimmy Butler's putting on a crazy performance every night. So I think they had the, the tougher pass to the finals, and that readied them for a team like Golden State when Golden State only had to go through Denver, uh, Memphis, 
and uh, Dallas, which no knock on those teams that Golden State played. They're really solid teams, but not on the level of those teams Boston played. Um, so, yeah, I still got Boston in seven. It's going to be a great series. Uh, I hope it goes to seven because it'll just be more entertaining. And, yeah, so that's basically all I got there for the finals, uh, statistics and all that. So like if you heard me say earlier, this is a Bulls-based podcast where we try to talk as much about the Bulls as we can. Now, obviously, uh, the last two teams in the NBA are playing right now in the NBA Finals, and the Bulls are not in the Finals, so there's not too much to talk about. Um, But there have been some rumors lately about Rudy Gobert, a potential trade uh, with Nikola Vucevic. Um, I got this article pulled up here from Bleach Report. This isn't the article we're going to talk about later, but... This is an article I actually just posted today. I don't know how long ago, probably a few hours ago. Uh, it's called, uh, Nikola Vucevic expects to stay with Chicago amid Rudy Gobert trade buzz. That's something Casey Johnson reported uh, from his podcast, uh, the Bulls Talk podcast. Go ahead and check that out if you like listening about the Bulls, because that's all they talk about, pretty much. Um, so I got this article pulled up here. It's got some facts and some stuff I'm going to read off. But just to touch on my opinion on whether or not we should trade for Rudy Gobert, I don't know if I said it in the past, um, obviously, Rudy Gobert would be a great player to have on the team. He's a great defensive player, obviously. I think he's one of the best defensive centers ever, and that's what I've heard a lot of other people say. So, you know, obviously, he'd be a good addition to the team. Um, even though he's uh, getting paid a huge contract and he has no offense, which I don't know. I don't have his uh, contract uh, stuff up here. Like I, don't, like, I know he's getting paid a lot, and I don't want to pay him. Uh, when we're already getting ready to max out Zach Levine, hopefully, fingers crossed, and we're already paying Lonzo and DeMar and stuff like that. Um, I don't want to mess up our chemistry we've already made here with Vooch in the last season and a half because he got traded two season two seasons ago at the All-Star break. We've already built up some chemistry, and obviously a main reason DeMar came from San Antonio was to play with Vooch because they both played together at USC in college. Um, I think it's fun to think about, obviously, because... Uh, if Rudy Gobert ends up on the Bulls, it would potentially raise their uh, chances of winning a championship. But also, uh, I don't think Utah would do this unless we include Patrick Williams. And I'm not willing to give up Patrick Williams just yet. I still I still believe he can become a solid player in the NBA. Great defensive player uh, with offense who uh, in the making of a great offense player. So, yeah, I don't really see uh, Utah pulling the trigger on this deal. I'm going to go ahead and read some of this stuff here. From this article, uh, Chicago Bulls center Nikola Vucevic reportedly expects to remain with the team despite a series of rumors linking Utah uh, Utah Jazz star Rudy Gobert with a potential move to the Windy City. Casey Johnson of NBC Sports Chicago provided an update on Gobert speculation Friday on the Bulls Talk podcast. Quote, I personally have not put a lot of stock into these rumors. There's a lot of noise out there. It's certainly fair to speculate what the Jazz might do, but before, I personally made a couple of calls on the topic, and I was told that there's that there's not much going on right now. Things can obviously change in this league, uh, always change in this league. I can also tell you, from my understanding, Vucevic is under the impression under the impression he's going to be here. Uh, but what makes this uh, this rumor kind of believable is that two guys that are highly respected and uh, like people listen to are Kevin O'Connor here and Jake Fisher. Or Fish, or I don't know how to pronounce his last name. I think it's Fisher. Um, they are like highly reputable, if that's how you say it. Uh, when it comes to like rumors and all that and reporting stuff, uh, Kevin O'Connor of the Ringer reported Monday the Bulls are are quote a team with interest if the Jazz decide 
to move on from Gobert following the departure of head coach Quinn Snyder, which we're going to talk about a little bit. Uh, Bleach reports, uh, Jake Fisher added further details Tuesday, uh, noting league sources indicated a baseline package of Vucevic and Patrick Williams for Gobert was a possibility, though it's unclear whether if Chicago is willing to part with Williams, like I just said. I don't want to get rid of uh, Williams quite yet. I just think he can end up being a great player. And obviously, Gobert is fun to think about because um, our defense uh, in the paint is kind of lacking. Vucevic isn't a, isn't known as a rim protector. He's more known as an offensive player, which is why it was so frustrating when he wasn't performing on that uh, offensive end last year. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like I've said a hundred times already, it's it'd be it's fun to think about. But I'm just not ready to move on from Vuce. I, I'm kind of emotionally attached to him at this point, um, even though he frustrated me a lot. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much what I got here on the Rudy Gobert rumors. I'm gonna go ahead and get into the uh, coaches stuff that I mentioned earlier uh okay let's see I'm looking at my notes here uh coach Quinn Snyder obviously I just said a minute ago was fired from the Utah Jazz he's a great coach but he'd been there for a while and they hadn't won a championship which is obviously the goal uh they'd gotten pretty deep a couple times I think well was it first round in the bubble that they or was it I don't even remember they got deep I think I got I think they got to the second round. They played the Clippers last year, I think it was, and maybe even the conference finals. I don't even remember. My memory sucks. But uh, he was taking them places, just not deep enough to where the front office thought that the team could be. Uh, and you heard reports on stuff with Donovan Mitchell's unhappy or whatever. And, and like we were talking about earlier with Gobert, he's not as happy, so maybe that makes him more available to other teams. Uh, I just gave my, my Bulls uh, perspective on whether or not I think he's going to be traded or whatever. Um, so I think that's going to be a, a coaching spot a lot of guys are going to be interested in if they decide to keep that team intact because it's a solid team that's got some good role players and some uh, all-stars. Uh, just don't know if they're up there like to be talking about winning a championship or anything like that. But I could see a guy like Mike D'Antoni or someone a little bit older with, ex- with a lot of experience, championship experience and stuff like that that could uh, go over to Utah. Uh, next next coach here just this was just of last night Kenny Atkinson uh, is now going to be the head coach of the Charlotte Hornets I think that is a perfect hire for the Charlotte Hornets knowing uh, about Kenny Atkinson he's a player development coach he's not more of a he's not like a win now type coach he's a I think he's a younger coach I'm actually gonna look up how old he is right now because I'm kind of curious let's see he is 55, so actually he's a little bit older, but but yeah, I mean he's known as a player development coach. You see what he or you saw what he did uh, in Brooklyn a few years ago with D'Angelo Russell and Jared Allen and those guys. Karis LeVert took him to the playoffs. Really solid coach, really solid pickup I think for Charlotte because they're more of a young core that needs that leadership like that uh, that player development type coach. So I think that's a really good hire there for the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, next coach, Darvin Ham Lakers. This was official as of like a week and a half two weeks ago or something I just haven't really gotten to talk about it because I haven't posted an episode in like two weeks but yeah I think it's a great fit uh, I didn't know a whole lot about him before he got hired I knew he was a assistant at uh in Milwaukee um but then when I saw some of his interviews he sounded like a really solid coach just like I remember him saying he's gonna treat LeBron AD and Russ the same as he treats Austin Reeves like referring to like how uh LeBron and them are so good or whatever and now Austin Reeves is a young kid He's going to uh, talk to them the same as he would um, like any other player. Uh, he's got a great add to it, it seems like I heard in his interview. 
Um, so I think he's going to be a really good fit for that Lakers organization because, you know, the Lakers organization is a tough organization. Like, not everybody can be a part of that organization. Um, so, yeah, I think it was a really good hire by the Lakers. And, I mean, I don't know if that's going to uh, take him to a championship contender, but, you know, it's still a great hire by uh, Rob Palenka. Okay, so those were all the coaches I wanted to talk about. I probably forgot one. I don't even know. We're going to go ahead and get into uh, this Bleacher Report article. Um, yeah. All right, here we go. We got this article here by Greg Schwartz from The Athletic. It was posted a month ago, but who cares? It's still a, looking like an interesting article. Uh, the cover of the article is a picture of Trey Young and Anthony Davis, so that's a little interesting. Um, this is uh, one new trade idea for every NBA team, so this might take a minute because there's 30 NBA teams. But let's go ahead and get into it. Uh, Atlanta Hawks. Hawks receive Malcolm Brogdon, Buddy Heald, Indiana Pacers receive John Collins and Kevin Herter. Oh, okay, so let me break this down a little bit. Um, Buddy Heald and Malcolm Brogdon to Atlanta. I don't know why Atlanta would want to get a guy like Malcolm Brogdon. Uh, he's more of a point guard. They don't really need that. Uh, and then kind of swapping Herter for Heald is kind of the same thing, even though uh, Heald is a little bit older. They're both shooters. Heald's obviously a better shooter, but they're both shooters. Um, so I don't really know what Atlanta's thinking here. Uh, Pacers, John Collins, Kevin Herter. I think this is an absolute win for the Pacers, getting a younger guy like Collins and uh, Herter. Uh, I could see the Pacers uh, doing this in a heartbeat because they're just getting rid of a guy like Buddy Heald, who's a little bit older, and Brogdon, who's older, because um, they're just a rebuilding team, you know what I'm saying? So uh, I, I see the Pacers pulling the trigger on this, but I don't know why in the world the Hawks would do this. Uh, so that is what team is that? That's Atlanta Hawks. All right. So second team we got here, Boston Celtics. Uh, Boston Celtics received Terrence Ross. Orlando Magic received 2023 second round pick and 11.5 million trade exception. Uh, obviously Terrence Ross would fit really well in the Celtics. I mean, they're in the finals, so you could you could argue that they don't need anything, but every team needs something, and a good scorer off the bench for them like Terrence Ross, who you get pretty cheap here. You're not getting rid of any players. You're getting rid of a second-round pick a couple years from now and an $11.5 trade exception, which I'm not too familiar with. But if I'm Boston, I'm doing this deal um, because just getting that score off the bench, like I said a little bit ago, uh, would be a huge boost to their to their bench. Uh, they don't have that strong of a bench. They're not that deep of a team. Um, and then Orlando just getting this pick and then this trade exception, whatever that does. I'm not sure what that does. $11.5 bucks. Uh, I'd say do this because Ross is a he's a veteran. He's not going to help you anytime soon. Uh, just getting rid of him and getting some stuff back for it here. Uh, I'm I'm sure they could f- probably find a better offer, but you know if this is the only one on the table, I'd I'd say take it. I'd say pull the trigger on it. Next one here we got Brooklyn Nets. Brooklyn Nets receive forward Jeremy Grant and Kelly Olynyk and Corey Joseph, and the Pistons receive Ben Simmons. This is interesting. I'm not sure why. Uh, Brooklyn would be this or ready to get rid of Simmons this quick. Uh, they haven't even seen him play yet, and with the uh, the defense that the Nets have, like because it's not very good, uh, I don't know why you'd want to get rid of Ben that quick because he could end up being a great uh, fit on that team. Maybe not, but we haven't seen him even play yet, so we'll see. But Jeremy Grant would be a great fit on the Nets. Obviously, another defender, not as great as Simmons, but another defender who can create his own shot, uh, be a spot up shooter, stuff like that. He is getting paid a little bit. Um, I'm not sure. I think his contract actually might be up or something like that because uh, I think he signed it in Detroit for a couple years for uh, a lot of money, so I don't know about that. But Kelly Olenek, another good uh, big who can stretch the floor. He's actually a good shooter. 
I don't really like him though because he broke Kevin Love's arm a few years ago, so I still want to punch him in the face from that. Uh, Corey Joseph, uh, he's kind of just a throw-in, making the Nets a little bit deeper. They'll be a really deep team though if they would make this deal because they already got some depth from Philadelphia in the Harden trade. So uh, if I'm Brooklyn, let's see. If I'm Brooklyn, I don't know. I don't. I'm not doing this yet. I'd try to wait to see how Ben Simmons looks with the team. Um, which I assume is going to be good because of the defensive prowess he has and the playmaking and the ability to get up the court uh, quick and stuff like that. So I don't see Brooklyn doing this. Uh, I mean, if you're Detroit, why not? You pair a younger player with uh, Simmons with uh, Cade Cunningham. Uh, that'd be kind of a fun uh, mini big two. Uh, Detroit isn't a great defensive team. Cade Cunningham kind of being their leader with Grant not being a great defender, um, and Ben Simmons being a great defender, so that would kind of help them out, but I don't really know why uh, Brooklyn, or I don't really know why this trade would uh, ever happen. I don't think it's a good enough trade for each team. I think they could get better deals out somewhere else. Next team, we got Charlotte Hornets. Yeah, this is going to take a while. We're almost five minutes in and gone through three three teams, about to start four. Charlotte Hornets receive Stephen Adams, Memphis Grizzlies receive James Booknight and Mason Plumley. There's some trades in here that I don't really see as big time trades that I don't know if anyone will want to hear about, so I'm actually gonna skip over some of this. Um, oh, look at that, Chicago Bulls. In the picture is Vucevic and Gobert. So here we go, revisiting Go uh, Gobert. Uh, Chicago Bulls receive Rudy Gobert and Utah Jazz, Patrick Williams, Nikola Vucevic, and Javante Green. Like I already said, I don't really want this to happen. Um, it'd be fun to have a guy like Gobert with the way he plays defense but at the end of the day I don't want to get rid of Williams that quick um, and I'm still kind of emotionally attached to Vucevic um, so yeah I don't really want this to happen and I don't know why Jazz would do this in the first or anyways because giving up a guy like Rudy for uh, Vucevic isn't really even but then having the upset Patrick Williams so yeah I don't know I don't want this to happen and I don't think Jazz want this the Jazz fans want this to happen either Cleveland Cavaliers, uh, let's see, yeah, we're not going to go over that one, uh, Mavericks, yeah, we're not really going to go over that one, Denver Nuggets, yeah, you could tell the guy writing this article was just thinking up, just pulling stuff out of his butt, you know what I'm saying, uh, Detroit Pistons, all right, we can talk about this one, Detroit Pistons received Gary Trent Jr., Toronto Raptors received Jeremy Grant, I don't know why the Raptors would do this at all. I think this is a terrible deal for the Raptors because the Raptors already have a lot of defense and length um, and width and all that, and that's the kind of player Grant is. But then they'd be losing a guy like Trent Jr. who scores the ball at a high level and is a really great shooter and a great defender already at, um, at the guard position. Now, if I'm if I'm Detroit, I am doing this because Trent's a little more on the timeline of Cade Cunningham and some of the younger players. Like I said, Trent's a great defender. It kind of... Uh, you can kind of hide Cunningham a little bit because he's not a great defender at all. I think he's one of the worst defenders in the league, if I if I remember, like, statistically and all that. Um, so if I'm Detroit, I'm uh, I'm definitely doing this. But if I'm Toronto, I'm not doing this. Uh, you Like I just said, you don't you don't need a guy like Grant. You already got guys like Boucher, Siakam, uh, the rookie's name. What's his name? Scotty Barnes. So, yeah, I don't know why Toronto would do that. <clears throat> Golden State Warriors. Golden State received Christian Wood. Houston Rockets received James Wiseman and Moses Moody. Now this is actually kind of interesting. And if I'm if I'm both these teams, I'm doing this because if you're Golden State, you're receiving a guy who's already kind of proven himself as a great player who can get you 
30 if, if he really, uh, not on a team with Curry and those guys, but he could get you 30 if you wanted him to, uh, and Christian would. Uh, and then Houston receiving a high pick who's got a lot of potential but kind of been injury-prone so far, and James Wiseman. And then I think Moody was a lottery pick, so getting another lottery pick. Uh, the Rockets are trying to rebuild, getting these young players would kind of uh, – It'd be a, it'd be a good uh, uh, not start, but it'd be good for their rebuild, you know. Uh, and then Warriors getting some more uh, length and all that. Another big to put aside Looney, um, or put beside Looney and Christian Wood, just being able to stretch the floor with Curry and Draymond not really being able to shoot. Um, so I think this is a good deal for both teams. We got next one here. Houston Rockets. Okay, we got John Wall and Russell Westbrook being traded for each other again. It's kind of crazy. Houston Rockets receive Westbrook, who is to be bought out. This is only if he gets bought out. Uh, 2023 second-round pick and a 2027 uh, second-round pick, and the Lakers receive John Wall. If I'm the Lakers, I'm doing this. You just got to switch things up. I know you just hired Darvin Ham, and he could potentially change things or whatever, but I don't think he's going to change enough to where uh, he'd be a championship contender. Uh, John Wall's been sitting on the sideline ever since he got back from injury because the the Rockets don't want him interfering in their new rebuild or whatever. They got a younger and new coach and Steven Silas. Uh, I don't know why they'd want um, Westbrook. At, well, I do know why they'd want Westbrook. It says here, like I just said a little bit ago, to be bought out. The the Rockets would just uh, buy him out, um, and then that would create a lot of cap space because he's getting paid a heavy contract, Westbrook is. And so that would open up um, a lot of money to be spent on other players and all that type of stuff. So if I'm... If I'm these teams, I'm pulling this trade. John Wall would help out the Lakers with uh, a little bit of scoring, some athleticism, a good point guard who can play alongside LeBron and AD. Uh, in my mind, I think they'd play pretty well together, and that could potentially run the second unit um, when LeBron and AD are off the court. So, yeah, I, if I'm these teams, I'm pulling the trigger on this. Indiana Pacers, uh, we're not going to talk about that. I actually just saw uh, Wancho Hernan Gomez in this last trade that I'm going to ignore. But I just wanted to mention, I just watched that new movie, the uh, the Hustle movie on Netflix, the Adam Sandler movie that Juancho Hernan Gomez was starring in with uh, Adam Sandler. Great movie. Just wanted to throw that in there. That's on Netflix if you didn't hear. Uh, Los Angeles Clippers. Okay, here's a here's a big one. Clippers get Rudy Gobert. Uh, Jazz receive Norman Powell, uh, Zubats, and Luke Kennard. I don't know if the Clippers want to do this because they're getting rid of a little bit of their depth uh, in the in some shooting and Luke Kennard and Norman Powell's a good scorer. He can start or come off the bench and do whatever. Also a solid defender. Uh, replacing Gobert with Zubat would obviously be good, but I'm not sure if you would need because you you already got a great defensive team with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard and those guys. Uh, Gobert would would raise your uh, championship expectations I think a little bit just because he's another star that plays great defense and be a good rim protector but I don't know if you want to give up that much of your depth and I think as it is without Gobert you're already a a championship contender with a healthy Kawhi and healthy PG so I don't I don't think that the Clippers should do this Um, and if you're the Jazz I don't know why you would do this now that I'm looking at it again I don't know why they would do this they'd just be getting rid of an all-star in Gobert for Norman Powell, Zubat, and Luke Kennard yeah, I don't. I don't think uh, this is a great trade for uh, either team. Lakers, Los Angeles Lakers receive John Collins, Kevin Herter, a twenty twenty three first round pick. Atlanta receives Anthony Davis. Holy cow! Now, this is a big one. 
Man, these these riders are really looking for some clicks, man, because this is crazy. Okay, so we got Lakers. Let me read it again. Lakers, John Collins. Uh, so you're basically replacing John Collins, or I mean replacing Anthony Davis with John Collins, which is obviously a downgrade. Um, Kevin Herter gives you some shooting that you've been looking for because you don't have that many shooters. And then you get a pick, top five protected, though. Um, in the or first round pick, it's top five protected. Um, I think this is a great trade for Atlanta. Uh, you're you're replacing uh, Collins with AD, and then getting uh, well, you're only getting Anthony Davis, even though you're giving up Herter in that pick. Getting a star like Anthony Davis, if he's healthy, would be a really really uh, good deal for them. Pair up Trey Young, who is not a great defender at all, with a great defender like Anthony Davis, and this is all based on if he's healthy. If Anthony Davis is the player from the last couple years that we've seen. That's not good. But if he's like bubble AD, then that would be fantastic for the uh, Hawks, who have, are not a very good defensive team. That would raise their defensive uh, capabilities and uh, open up the floor a little bit because AD can shoot. Uh, I don't know why the Lakers would do this. Uh, I don't know why you're getting rid of a star like Anthony Davis. Um, like, I know Anthony Davis's trade value or whatever is, like, really low. It's on an all-time low because he's been playing really bad, but pretty much just because he's injured. But I just don't know why you'd want to replace him with a guy like John Collins and Kevin Hart. Or not Kevin Hart. I said Kevin Hart. Kevin Herter, uh, even though you're getting that pick. Uh, I don't really see why the Lakers would do this, but if the Hawks could pull this off, man, uh, props to them. Next one here. Let's see if I want to talk about this one. No, this one's stupid. Uh, Miami Heat. All right. This is a big one. Miami Heat received Jeremy Grant, Detroit Pistons, Max Struess, Duncan Robinson, and a 2022 first-round pick. If you're Miami, I'm not doing this at all. Uh, you don't, like, if you're Miami, you want to think of, like, big-time stars. Uh, Jeremy Grant is barely a star. Not not even a star, I, would, I wouldn't say. He's just, a, just in Detroit rotting away, just kind of putting up 30-point games for no reason. You, he's a great defender, and he's a great shooter. Not a great shooter, he's a good shooter. I'm talking about Jeremy Grant, um, but uh, I just don't see, yeah, I don't see this looking real well. Like, you need to be paying someone, like, like big time, like a Bradley Beal, or I hate to say it, but Zach Levine, like somebody like that. Like, you don't need to be adding a guy like Jeremy Grant to your uh, squad, and not to mention you're getting rid of all your shooting, and Max Struess and Duncan Robinson. I mean, I know you still got Tyler Hero, but your pure, pure shooters and Max Struess and Duncan Robinson you're completely getting rid of. I know... They're getting rid, they're getting off of Robinson's contract, but still, uh, you're getting rid of Struess. And if you're the Pistons, I'm. Uh, let's see. I think you're doing this. Uh, you're you're receiving a guy in Max Struess who kind of proved himself over the last year or two um, as a solid defender and a knockdown shooter. Um, that would kind of continue their rebuild. And then you're obviously getting Robinson, who's getting paid a little bit more than you probably like, but another knockdown shooter you could probably flip to a contender and get some more young players for. And then 2022 first-round pick. Everybody knows, or everybody likes first-round picks. So, And that's actually for this year. Um, let's see. Next one. Yeah, we're not going to talk about that. Uh, we're not going to talk about that. Yeah, a lot of these are stupid. All right, here's one. New York Knicks received Ben Simmons. Brooklyn Nets received Julius Randle and Alec Burks uh, in a 2023 second-round pick. Uh, I don't know if Ben Simmons could handle a New York uh, fan base. They're really harsh, and if they don't like you, you're you're not gonna be appreciated. You're not you're you're gonna be hated. Uh, uh let's see. Brooklyn getting Julius Randle. I don't think that's a great deal for Brooklyn because 
Randall kind of established himself as a scorer and stuff like that, and I don't really see how Katie and Kyrie would kind of let him come in and be like, oh, yeah, go, come in uh, and be a scorer for us. Like, I don't think that'd be a great a great fit because um, he wants the ball in his hands, and obviously when you got guys like Katie and Kyrie, you're not going to have the ball in your hands a whole lot. Uh, and then they also get Alec Burks, who's who would increase their depth. He's a solid player off the off the bench. Um, and that pick, and then if you're if you're the Knicks, I don't. I think I don't even know what to think. This this is just kind of a bad trade, I think, for both teams. I don't think either team should pull the trigger on this trade. And just to clarify, none of these trades. I mean, just a couple of them, like the the Bulls one with Gobert and stuff. But a lot of these trades are just made up by some um, this writer. I forget his name, but some writer that just wants to make a little money and get some clicks. So just to let you know, none of these are like rumored or anything, except for a couple. Let's see. Here we go. Uh, Orlando Magic received Duncan Robinson. Miami Heat received Terrence Ross. Like I was talking about earlier, Terrence Ross is a great scorer. He's a veteran who could come off the bench or start um, for the Heat. Uh, I don't. I feel like the Heat don't need him as much um, because they got a guy like Oladipo. If they're going to bring him back, um, he, Oladipo would kind of fulfill that role as uh, Terrence Ross would if he were there. Um, Orlando Magic, they don't really need a guy like Duncan Robinson. He's making too much money to not um, to provide just being a shooter, you know. Um, Here's actually a look at Robinson's contract. Uh, he's actually 28 years old and has a remaining four years and 74.3 million. Um, so he's getting paid a lot for a guy who didn't play at all in the playoffs. So I don't see this. This is an unrealistic trade. I feel like. Uh, let's see. All right, Phoenix Suns received Buddy Heald. Indiana Pacers received Landry Shamit, Dario Saric, and 2023 first round pick. I actually think this is a great trade for both teams. Phoenix is kind of replacing Shamit, who was a shooter for them, and in a in a better shooter with Buddy Heald. Uh, finally, Buddy Heald would, would get on a contender. You know, I want him to be on a contender really bad because he's one of my favorite players. Um, and then Indiana just getting rid of a veteran and replacing him with some younger guys with Landry Shamit. I don't know how old Saric is, but he can't be too old. Uh, and then that pick, and Indiana should just be stacking up on picks at this point, just uh, continuing their rebuild. So I think this is a great trade for both teams, and I think if this ever comes up, this would be a... This will be solid for both teams. Okay. Let's see. Yeah, a lot of these are a bunch of BS. Oh, here we go. Another Bulls one. All right. Let's see. San Antonio Spurs received Nikola Vucevic. Chicago Bulls received Jakob Pertl. Josh Richardson, 2022 second-round pick. This is really stupid. I don't know why I just read that. That just, like, hurt my brain a little bit. Now, obviously, Vuce's value is a lot less than it used to be, but he's still an all-star center with a great offensive game, getting better on defense. Why would you replace him with a guy like Jakob Pertl, who was just a casual that they caught off the street? Uh, he was dealing, and they just said, hey, you want to come play? You're kind of tall. You want to come play for our basketball team? And he was like, all right. So, yeah, I don't really know. I do not want Jakob Pertl on my team unless we can get him, like, um, like sign him or something like that. I don't want to get rid of Vucevic. I don't want to replace Vucevic with him. And then Josh Richardson, he's been an an inconsistent player for teams he's been on. He's been on the Celtics. Uh, He's been on 76ers. He's been on the Heat, obviously. Um, I I don't think we need him. We already have enough scoring. He could kind of replace that Kobe White role if Kobe White leaves. But, yeah, I don't – and then we'd get a pick. But, yeah, I I do not want this to happen. That just hurt my brain a little bit. Um, And I think – 
Oh, here's another Rudy Gobert. This is the last one here in the article. Um, Utah Jazz received Mitchell Robinson via sign-in trade, uh, Alec Burks, Evan Fournier, and a 2023 first-round pick, top 10 protected via Dallas Mavericks. And the Knicks received Gobert. I don't know why the Knicks would do this. Gobert, obviously, he's a great player, but I think Gobert should go to more of a team, like a contender team, uh, that needs a that's in need of a defensive center. Uh, I think New York getting him would just be kind of a waste of their money. Um, now, if you're the Jazz, if you're the Jazz, I don't think you're doing this either. You're get you're getting a guy in Michelle Mitchell Robinson who's a young center. He's got some promise, but he's not he's not Rudy Gobert. Obviously, he he honestly is kind of like a Walmart version of Rudy Gobert when you think about it, because they both have no offense. They're kind of lob threats and they play great defense, even though Gobert's a lot better of a defender. Uh, I think Mitchell Robinson's a little more athletic. Uh, and then you're also getting, if you're Utah, Alec Burks, Evan Fournier, which Evan Fournier's on a bad contract right now. He's getting paid a lot for what he's producing. Um, and then a pick. Yeah, I don't I don't see this as a great deal at all for either team. I don't see why that would that would work. So, yeah, that's that's the article here. Let me see again who's it's, who it's by in case he decides to sue me or something for talking about it. I don't know. I don't know how that stuff works. Uh, Greg Schwartz, you know, good job making a decent article. There were some good trades in there. There were some really weird ones, and there were some that really hurt my brain, like the Vucevic ones. But, yeah, that's pretty much going to end off the episode. Um, I'm going to try to continue to post once a week. I know I didn't get to it last week. I don't think I've been really busy uh, getting ready for my next basketball season, getting back from my injury. So, yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, we'll see you next time.